Jim, you're fired. Okay. Uh, Learned that maneuver from uh, Donald Trump. All right. I'm rapidly progressing toward the point where I have about as much hair as he does. Um, I, I want to welcome you this morning again to Chillicothe Bible Church. I'm excited that you all are here this morning. Um, I, I hope that uh, as you're visiting here with us this morning, if you are a visitor, that you have found our church this morning to be an inviting place and a warm place uh, for you to take another step on your spiritual journey uh, in your relationship with God. Because our desire here more than anything else is to be of service to you and to help you to progress and to grow in your relationship with God and your walk with Him. Um, and since it's Easter today, it seems appropriate for me to talk a little bit about Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus is the central figure and the central subject of the Christian story and of Easter primarily because uh, Easter is the the catalyzing event that brings about Christianity. If there is no Easter, there is no Christianity. There is no church apart from Easter and the resurrection of Christ. But no matter what perspective or worldview that you hold, you have to admit that Jesus, even apart from Christianity, Jesus is the central figure in all of human history. More of the world's sculpture and paintings and books and movies have Jesus of Nazareth as their subject than any other. More of the world's music, both popular and classical, has Jesus at the center of it. Major institutions, whether it's hospitals or schools or homeless shelters or development agencies or universities, have Jesus, in some sense, as the basis for their existence than any other person. There have even been nations, believe it or not, which have claimed uh, to varying levels of credibility to have been based in some measure on the teachings and life of Jesus. Today, over 2 billion people in the world, over a third of the world, claims in some sense to be a follower of this person, Jesus of Nazareth. And he is therefore the central figure in all of human history. But even with worldwide influence, one of the fundamental questions about Jesus is who he really is. What is his identity? Who is this person? I mean, after all, the facts about Jesus, apart from what the Bible tells us about him, are not very impressive. He's a Galilean peasant born 2,000 years ago uh, to a woman who was not married to her husband when she conceived the child. Now, we believe in a virgin birth that God brought about that conception miraculously in Mary. But if you're a little skeptical, maybe you think, hmm, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure if Jesus is who he claimed to be. And we want to look at that. uh, Because even in Jesus' day, it was a question, who is Jesus? In fact, Jesus asked his own disciples. He said, who do people say that the Son of Man, referring to himself, is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, one 
uh, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? And that I would submit to you that that answering that question, who do you say that Jesus is, is the fundamental question of every human life. Every person who has ever lived since the time of Jesus has to answer that question, who do I think Jesus of Nazareth is? Who do I believe him to be? And there are really only four possible answers. But before we get into those, you know, a lot of people put Jesus on some kind of a continuum. You know, they think he falls somewhere between Buddha and Zoroaster on the list of religious figures. You know, you've got Mother Teresa, Mohammed, Buddha, Jesus, Zoroaster, Lao Tzu, you know, whoever... Okay, whoever it is that people religiously follow, they would say that Jesus somehow fits on that category or that continuum as kind of a good man who did good things and taught people to do good, not bad, and to be a good person. And most people think that's where Jesus fits. But listen to some of Jesus' own claims about himself. He claimed, first of all, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He means, if you want to know what the sovereign God of the universe who created everything that exists looks like, look at me. He also said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In other words, he is saying, I don't just teach truth, I am truth. I am the living embodiment of truth. And life is knowing and following and obeying the things that I say are true. And based on my own authority, he says, you can know right from wrong because I am the light of the world. Do you believe that? That's not all Jesus said. Jesus also said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. He claimed to have power over life and death so that those who followed him would not stay dead but would be raised to life just like he said he would be. Or consider this one. He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except, for me, except through me. He said, I am the way to God. I didn't say a way to God. I am the way to God. And on top of that, there is no other way to God except through me, according to Jesus. He said, I am the only way that there is for a person to experience life with God in heaven. He said he could forgive sin. He said to a crippled man whose friends had lowered him down through the roof because they couldn't get through the crowd to see Jesus. So they cut a hole in the roof, lowered him down on his mat. And the first thing he says to the guy is, friend, your sins are forgiven. He claimed the authority to forgive sins. Only God can do that. But Jesus said, I have the authority to forgive sins. 
He claimed to be, the, to be the person who sat on the throne to decide whether people go to heaven or go to hell. He said, I will divide people between sheep and goats, and the sheep will go with me into eternal life, and the goats into the everlasting fire. And I am the one who determines it. And most significant of all, he claimed to actually be himself the embodiment of the ultimate supreme being. He said, I give my sheep eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. And here's the kicker, I and the father are one. In other words, I can not only give eternal life to those who follow me, I can make sure that they have eternal life if they follow me because no one can take them away from me and no one can snatch them out of God the Father's hand and oh, by the way, God the Father and me are one thing, one being. No mere man credibly says that. At this point, as you really think about the claims of Jesus, the options logically for who Jesus is start to present themselves. The first one is that he's a liar. And maybe there are some sitting here today who think that. Jesus is a liar. P.T. Barnum famously said, you know, there's a sucker born every minute. Right? And some people think that Jesus is a lot akin to P.T. Barnum, that he's a huckster who is putting the shine on people, who is, uh, who is in fact, a lot like P.T. Barnum, you know, who's exhibiting Jojo the dog-faced boy and the Fiji mermaid, you know, and Jesus is kind of like that, that he is he's just a religious huckster, like some of these fellows you see on TV late at night, you know? Uh, who advertise things like, we got a dishcloth here, guaranteed to get the demons off your dishes. 1995. Goes not right next to your ShamWow, I think. But, um, um, you know, that he's some kind of a religious huckster who is selling gullible people things that they will believe. But here's the thing. If that is true, in other words, if it is true that Jesus was not telling the truth about himself, that he was just a liar, it would mean that several other things would also have to be true. It would mean that Jesus would have to, first of all, know that he was not really the Son of God, but nonetheless said that he was. Because there's no lie where somebody actually believes that what they're saying is true, right? So he'd have to know that. Um, Number two, it would mean that even though he knew all of his claims were false, that he went ahead and told people that you should follow me no matter the cost, no matter even if it costs you your life, you should still follow me even though he knows that his claims are false. It would mean that countless people have thrown away their lives based on a lie, including millions of people in the last century who have given their lives for their belief that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the Son of God. It would mean that Jesus himself suffered torture and death and crucifixion for a lie. 
when the very reason that he was crucified was the fact that he claimed to be the Son of God. Now that I find very implausible. You know, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed gave up all his Al-Qaeda buddies on a little bit of water up his nose. But Jesus, we have to believe, was a liar, according to the people who defend this view, who suffered flogging at the hands of Roman guards who knew how to beat people, who was crucified, and who died, and who never renounced his, his statement that he was, in fact, the Son of God. When renouncing that statement could have resulted in freedom and life. We have to believe also that those who were closest to him and with him all the time during his entire ministry were either deceived in that they really believed what he said was true or that they were also in on the lie. And that if they were in on the lie that they themselves went to their own torture and death to perpetuate the lie that they were spreading that Jesus had told them. Uh, you also have to believe uh, you have, also have to believe this, that Jesus ultimately is not a good man who taught good and moral things. In fact, if Jesus is a liar, it is not a lie on a level of a child saying he didn't eat a cookie out of the cookie jar when the crumbs are all over his face. It is a lie on a level that puts him with some of the greatest moral monsters that history has ever seen. Because based on a lie, he has cost not only himself, but millions and even billions of people their lives as well. And he has sold people false hope for eternal life. To those who follow him, he said, I'll give eternal life. And if he lied, then that was a lie also. And I find that highly implausible, that explanation. Because first of all, Jesus' life does not ring of that kind of deception and deceit and degradation of people intentionally. Following Jesus has resulted in more people doing more good than any other belief system the world has ever seen. And you can stack the good done by Christians up against the, the good done by anybody else and everybody else comes up way short. Even people who are atheists or practice all manner of other kinds of religions have respect for Jesus. He just doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be deliberately lying to his followers or who would die on top of that for something he knew to be untrue. And that doesn't say anything either about the tremendous power that he had that accompanied what he said. To do things like not only tell the guy your sins are forgiven, but to uh, tell the crippled guy get up and walk and, and enable him to walk. That enabled him to raise several people from the dead, including himself. And if everything he said was a lie, where did his power come from? Becomes hard to understand. So a lot of people say, well, no, he wasn't a liar. He was a lunatic. He was nuts. 
because he actually believed he was the Son of God. In that case, he's not immoral or evil. He's delusional. He just has delusions of grandeur, okay? Um, I mean, in any mental institution that you encounter, there are people who believe themselves to be, you know, they believe themselves to be God. Some believe themselves to be Jesus, or they believe themselves to be the President of the United States, or Joan of Arc, or some other person. And we rightly lock those people up because they are delusional, and we don't want them to hurt themselves or us, right? But here's the thing, and here's what makes that implausible with reference to Jesus. He doesn't seem like the kind of person who is nuts. Uh, The people of Jesus' day were less materially advanced than we are. They didn't have iPods and... uh, cars and this kind of thing, but they were not necessarily less intelligent than we are, and they knew how to recognize crazy people just like we do. And yet nobody goes around and and credibly claims Jesus is off his rocker. He needs a Prozac or a Thorazine or something, okay? Uh, There's nothing in Jesus' life that can lead you to conclude that he has had a psychotic break with reality. He was always calm He was always consistent in what he said and taught and did. And none of his closest friends thought he was nuts, even after spending every day with him for three years. In fact, he made them believe that he was, in fact, the Son of God. And if you can convince your closest friends that you are God, Either something has gone wrong with all of your friends, or you, in fact, are God. Because I I can tell you, I've had lots of good friends. I've not made any of them believe that I am, in fact, deity. Okay, and I doubt you have either. Because my life is not consistent with that claim. And on top of that, again, all of Jesus' miracles that he did give authenticity to his claim it makes it more likely that it is true. Uh, And and then, of course, there's another option. There are people who say, well, Jesus is a legend. It's not that he told told untruths about himself, that he was the Son of God, that he had power to forgive sins, that he could raise the dead, etc. And it's not that necessarily that the disciples made all that stuff up either, that Jesus is actually a legend. Uh, Every year um, at Christmas and Easter, Time and Newsweek magazine published cover stories about Jesus. I think there's probably one out right now. And these, uh, they'll gather some scholars, they'll talk about, uh, we're going to give you new information about the, quote, historical Jesus. And they'll get guys from the Jesus Seminar and other uh, scholars to argue that the that the person who actually existed in history, the one they call the Jesus of history in their scholarly writings, is distinct from the person they call the Christ of faith, the person that Christians believe in. And that actually uh, what has happened is that there's been this big buildup of writings about Jesus who make a person who was just a guy who taught good things into this divine figure who claimed to be the Son of God and and that's how it happened. Or you've got books like the Da Vinci Code that got made into that movie, made about a gazillion dollars uh, on the idea 
uh, that Jesus was a man who married Mary Magdalene and had a child, and they their child uh, grew up and became the uh, the the forerunner of the Merovingian kings of France, who gave way to the Carolingian kings, who what you know whatever all the way down through history, right? And and there are people who actually believe something like that is the case that that Jesus is just a legend. He was just a guy who had a bunch of stuff that kind of grew up around him. But here's the problem. That idea raises more questions than it provides answers for. Number one, it says this. If Jesus wasn't actually the Son of God, who did miracles during his lifetime, who died on the cross, who was raised from the dead, then his disciples knew it. And again, who goes... Who undergoes torture and death for what they know to be a lie? Nobody. Nobody does that. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead like these people all said that he did, then what happened to Jesus' body? Because the disciples didn't have it, and the religious authorities didn't have it, and the Romans didn't have it, because nobody expected Jesus to rise from the dead. So what happened to his body? What happened to Jesus' body? Uh, number three, Jesus' disciples not only wrote accounts of Jesus doing all these things, they wrote them within 30 years of Jesus' death and resurrection, which means that there were hundreds and thousands of other people around who had seen Jesus minister, who had been witness to his crucifixion, and who would have therefore raised a huge outcry in dispute of what the uh, disciples wrote and said. And so it seems incredibly unlikely. On top of that, we have hundreds of letters from Jesus' own time, and some of them are written by non-Christians and some by Christians, and all of them support the facts that are revealed in the gospel of writer's account hundreds of people also said they saw jesus resurrected in fact over 500 people at one time saw jesus resurrected if jesus wasn't really raised from the dead then what did these people see because all these people were willing to go to their death for the belief that they saw jesus rise from the dead and even if you don't believe that all of that is true, the, fa the historical facts are those. And the best explanation for all of them is that Jesus was, in fact, raised from the dead, just as his disciples said, and just as Jesus himself predicted would happen. And that leaves you with only one conclusion, that Jesus is Lord. Now, some of you may be sitting out there thinking, Oh, wait, 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 you left out an option. Wait, back up. You left out good moral teacher. But here's the problem. Good moral teacher is not really an option. Because any man who claims to be God is not good and moral. Unless he's God. A man who claims to be God is either a liar or a lunatic. Or didn't really claim to be God, but had it made up by his followers. 
unless he's option number four, actually God. And here's the thing. Occam's razor, you know, the famous scientist William of Occam said this, that the best explanation that accounts for all the evidence, no matter how improbable, is nevertheless true. It's a basic principle of science. And here's the reality. The best explanation that accounts for all the evidence that we have about Jesus is that he is, in fact, who he claimed to be. He is God. And he was indeed raised from the dead. Because Jesus really is who he claimed to be, then what he said is true. And some of the things that he said that are true is, are these. Number one, there is no salvation in anyone else apart from him. There is no other way to get into right relationship with God apart from faith in Jesus. It means that a sincere Muslim... A sincere Mormon, a sincere Hindu, a sincere Christian scientist, a sincere Scientologist, a sincere atheist, or whatever other permutations and variations of sincere religious belief may be out there. All of those people sincerely and truly go to hell, just as Jesus said that they would. Everyone who does not trust in me, Jesus said, will be marked among the goats and sent into the everlasting fire. Only those who follow me, Jesus said, will have an eternal home in heaven with me. And since that's true, there are at least two implications for us to consider. I know that most of you are already followers of Jesus, and you already believe everything that I'm telling you. That Jesus was and is the risen Son of God who gave his life for our sin, that we might have eternal life in his presence. And most of you already believe that. And so my question is, if you really believe that, what are you doing with that message? Because the good news of Easter is not just for us. The good news of Easter is for the whole world. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, right? What are you doing with that message? It's not meant to be kept inside, kept in your home, kept in your church, kept in your closed little whatever, okay? Kept in your Christian school, kept in your heart. It's meant to be shouted from the rooftops and shared with every person that you encounter. Jesus said, the things that I whisper in your ear shout from the roof. We are called as followers of Jesus to share the good news of Easter with those that we know. It's a good message about a good God who loved us so much that he wanted no one to suffer his judgment, but all to come into a right relationship with him. And every person who does that has eternal life from that moment. Let's share that message. Number two, there, I'm sure there are some people here who are visiting with us who are thinking about what I've said and who are going, I'm not sure where I put Jesus. 
liar, lunatic, legend maybe, Lord, maybe, I don't know. Let me encourage you to investigate. Investigate the historical information that there is about Jesus. And the more that you read, the more that you will discover that I'm right on this. The more investigation you do, the more you will be forced to the conclusion Jesus really is who he claimed to be. He really is the one who can bring life to those who follow him, who is the only way and only hope that a person has of being in right relationship with God. And I encourage you to investigate that. Read the Gospels. Read some other, uh, some other books that are out there about the truth of Jesus' resurrection. On the back of your bulletin, there's a little, little note there. Uh, gives you a link to a website I have put together. And this week, there, I've listed there some resources that you can read where you can do some investigation by some scholars who understand history and understand Jesus' claims and understand the scriptures and what they say and who can help you come to the conclusion that Jesus was and is the Son of God and there is good historic evidence for that being a fact, not just a belief. And I encourage you, encourage you with everything that is within me, if you have never come to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and your only hope of heaven, to not let the day pass before you do that, before you bow your knee and bend your heart to the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray.